0: So for entry level, most times you do like job ads and then a lot of people, you know, apply for the role. But for senior roles, say a CEO of a company or an MD or, you know, C-suite level, they won't come to your LinkedIn and, and yes, you look for them, you go to them, you take them out. Some of them, you have meetings for months before this person even agrees to have this conversation of moving. So all the dinners, all the meetings out... Right, those are still costs because if you're taking somebody to a restaurant, you have to pay transportation to the place and all that stuff. So everything comes into the cost of hiring.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Tech Points Africa podcast. Thank you for staying with us day in, day out. We appreciate you. We'll not take any of your comments and feedback for granted. And if you're new here for the first time, you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like and also click on the notification bell so that you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you are listening to us on any of our podcast platform, thank you very much. Don't forget to share with others and also send your feedback to us. And if you don't know me or you don't know whose voice it is, this is Uluwani Femikola and I am your host, Today, today on Tech Point Africa podcast, we will be discussing a very important topic. Uh, If you remember, we've had two different episodes talking about the fact that talent are living, whether tech talent or talent in the corporate world, the fact remains they are living, although we've not agreed that it's causing brain drain, but they are definitely living. And we've talked about how... Employers should react. Today, we'll be discussing another interesting part of it, which is how you can fill the gap they are leaving, the space these people leave behind. How do you get people to fill them? What does it take to fill them? How do you get the perfect people to fill those? Because those people feel like superstars sometimes when they leave and you feel their shoes are too large for anybody to fill. There are several things you have to know about that. And I'm not the one that will be discussing that today. I have with me in the studio an expert to discuss that. This person is actually an HR and a recruitment expert, and she has been in the field for over five years. She is currently the Head People and Culture at Bankly. Bankly is a fintech startup, a Nigerian fintech startup, and her name is Chibuzo Yetuge Eric. I hope I got that well. She has taught me. I hope I got it well. Thank you for joining us in the studio today. Thank, uh, you, Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be at Tech Point Africa. Yes, it's, it's a pleasure to also have you here with us today. Ah, without further ado, let's just get into the conversation. How do you get your next talent? Yes. Yeah, so there's this conversation that we of, often see people have, which is there's like a shortage of tech talent. Right, and who would be in the best position to say that if not a person that recruits tech talent. So is there really a shortage of tech talent? Um, actually I'd say
0: we have limited tech talent. Right. So I'd say there's a difference between limitation and the lack of it or shortage of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we say shortage, that means we don't even have them as much as is required but limited we have them but they are probably somewhere else (laughs) Ah, yes so um that's what i would say it's it's limited um but but it's an open space for a lot of people to join so i'd say people are not paying the price to fill up the spaces right when you meet
1: people do you mean the employers
0: employees rather okay so yes the talent themselves the opportunity is there but people are not climbing the ladder right so say I would say where the shortage is if I may borrow your word is at the top
1: Hmm.
0: yes because at the entry level you find a lot of people but then when it gets to the stage of specialization when it gets to the top level Mm -hmm. that's where you find very limited number of talents yes because a lot of people are not paying the price to climb up the ladder Hmm. that's what I would say
1: I think this brings to for again the conversation i had the last time that of course we often see people talk about the um aned- an- anecdote and anecdotes or panakia. the english is sad, i think cure to losing talent is having a pipeline of talent but then you often find more people pumping in than uh, more people coming out at least at the top of that ladder and that speaks to the fact that that when the talents that are living are more specialized than the one remaining mm-hmm. now to fill that position is the hard part yes oh interesting but it's not it's not impossible to fill. it's not impossibility is not the word it just
0: takes time it Takes yes time. and um the speed we want to fill the roles is where we have a challenge because someone living today means that is a space that has to be filled Mm. is the speed is the time mm. so even if someone is transitioning from where he is to where i want the person to be it's going to take time mm. and that's something that we don't have mm. right so it's a function of time
1: mm. so the person that says talent limitation the don't know, we used to just shut it now is like the biggest headache of tech recruiters yeah. is right mm. more or less yes yes <laughs> right uh, so i I understand the fact that being a recruiter it means you have to do a lot of winning and from the contemporary world i understand it's like it requires some skills some people have like sweet tongue and all you can be able to get you to do what they want you to to do um so from experience how do you put your best foot forward to get the right talent with, with having in mind that there are a lot of people competing for this person right? What is the best foot in this contest? So I'd say something which I learned
0: from one of my bosses, Marky Benidium, shout out to you, is at the core of recruitment is sales. Mm. So recruiters are salespeople because I'm selling a new company to you. I'm selling um, ice to an eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because oh, at this point, for talent at this level, it's a lot of, a, a of headhunting and poaching. Right, which means these people are, to a good degree, comfortable where they are. So if I'm taking you from that place to somewhere else, I need to sell. So for me, you ask the question is, how do we get, how do we do it? It sales. you have to, first and foremost, understand, if I'm a recruiter, say I'm, I'm recruiting internally, say for my company. There is, at the core of it, an understanding of the benefits. What would this person come into my company to gain? so there has to be full understanding so if i'm doing it for an external client it's more analytical for me so i sit down with the client, i discuss what is your culture what are the things so by the time i'm done with this analysis i'm going to the candidate or talent and i'm saying okay you're coming from here these are the things that you can gain from some of them are non-monetary right um some of them are you know work culture some of them are the kind of lifestyle things that boost up you as a person and all that so Understanding analysis of the company this person will get into will help you sell. So at the core they call it is sales.
1: It's sales. Yeah. So um, o- o- when what I meant by putting your best foot forward is what you are able, what you what you are sure would attract that talent you are trying to get. Sometimes some people say it's money, but from what you mentioned, it's like it differs with that yes, particular person. Exactly. But on a uniform ground, like like maybe a general knowledge, what is actually the best foot you can put forward? When you okay. Want to so
0: grow? right now right now money is still topping it honestly mm. money is still topping it because you see a trend of people trying to increase their pay by just moving jobs because i know if if i'm on a 10k if i move job you're not going to pay me ten you you're going to pay me something higher than that mm-hmm. so money is still at the top of it and second is work-life balance COVID made it so you know opened a lot of people's eyes to see that okay i mustn't go into the office every day right so for people, is that balance that I can work from my home, I can work from anywhere that I want to. So that flexibility in the working structure is another best foot forward, right? Mm-hmm. So these two things are some of the things that I can say. A lot of people say benefits like health benefits. You pay If you do an analysis in a lot of companies, a lot of people don't use the HMOs. Mm-hmm.
1: They
0: don't use it, right? And people, when they are signing contract, they'll be asking, what are my health benefits? What are this?" You give them gym registration, they have still not go. <laughs> right? So, at, at the core of it, I'd say, again, is the money, is also the work-life balance, flexibility of the working structure. Hmm. Hi, I'm Abisala Adenoga, the head of business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below.
1: Um, There's this conversation around getting your employees better to an extent that they leave you, right? Because if they don't feel they're fit enough for, say, a US company, they won't go But you, because you are a good employer, you decided to upskill them and get them better. And it also speaks to the fact that for the pipeline to be moving, you have to keep upskilling the people that are down there to get them to the top. Then the person said, okay, they said, train your talents. You say, if if I train them, they will leave. Then he said, if you train them, if you don't train them and they stay, you have incompetent Mm hands, right? So where does an employer find the balance here? Like to make sure that that talent stays and make sure the talent is working up to the optimal level.
0: Okay, so I think something that a a couple of um, employers are beginning to understand that the human mind or the human beings are just dynamic. You can't keep anybody, right? Even if I'm very loyal to the company, um, I want to be here. Sometimes circumstances beyond your control can push people out. So the solution is just a session plan, right? Have at the back of my mind that people will leave. No this and no peace. Right, (laughs) right, right. No this and no peace, to be honest. People will come and they will leave. The best of them. So whilst they are doing it, is train them to be efficient, right? You can't, if you don't train them like the statements you made, you have inefficient stuff and your work will not go on. Like you won't make the best out of your business. So it's it's a necessary evil. Train them, but always have a succession plan for every... Nobody should become a one-man risk because that's what happens in a lot of companies that when someone leaves, to fill the position becomes very difficult. Um, I think I had a post on my LinkedIn one time when I said um, you should look out for the assistants, the second-in-command, because those are the ones that when these guys leave, they will fill in. Mm-hmm. So if you don't take care of them and they leave... And the guys also leave, the main people, it's a lot of, it's a lot of gap. Mm-hmm. So, succession plan is, is one of the things that we can do to help the situation. But for people leaving, they will definitely leave. Mm. You can't stop anybody.
1: Yeah, you can't stop anybody. No this and no peace. But I, I want us to take you back to the succession plan. If you want to advise an employer, what would you recommend for the person to use as a succession plan? What should they do?
0: Okay, so first I'd say job analysis, right? There are certain jobs that per hand more than one person can do it, right? Because it's going to... It's just not possible. At the time, you you can... Yes, right? But then have a lower level, you know, do that training so that if anything happens to this one, then this person can succeed. So it's it's expensive, right? Because um, it's like having... Double personalities for just one role, just because you are planning ahead. But it's better that you plan than you don't plan at all, and then you're caught unaware. Mm.
1: But talking about startups, like early stage startups that are probably still bootstrapping, what would be feasible for them or viable for them? Because um, they may not be able to sustain that. Yes.
0: Honestly, they, they won't be. That's why money is required to run business. <laughs> so, so all our VCs and everybody helping startups. Um, this is why we need your money, right? So, but at this point, um, there's something called pooling, right? Okay. Pulling of talent. So you don't actively engage them, but conversations are ongoing. Okay. Right. Um. So it's more it's more potential than it is active so you're not working for me and um but i'm having conversations so if something happens i would like you to work for me or within a time frame so that it cuts your interview time short so if this person leaves in three months or four months i already have had a conversation ongoing with somebody right so those are some of the things that you you can practice just to help for Mm -hmm. companies that don't have the funds to maintain these talents two of them at once
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah talking about funds when when you, when you hear the cost of hiring like before i started like um covering like following conversations in the tech or labor or talent space when i hear of cost of hiring i just felt like it's the money you need to get them but it is i believe it's not just to need that so as a recruiter as an experienced recruiter what would you say is the cost of hiring not just the money but what it takes to hire and i'm sure it also differs when you want to hire an entry level and say C suit person
0: yeah
1: okay so for cost of hiring um i'd
0: even rather call it the cost of recruitment mm-hmm. because it takes a lot to just get a talent it's not so say maybe you're using an external recruiter so, so people feel That money I pay them is the cost of hiring. But that's not true. Mm -hmm. Time lost is cost. Mm -hmm. Resources lost is cost. Money, which is part of them. So, starting from... So, let's say an average... Someone leaves the company and I have to fill the role. Mm -hmm. So, starting from the point where I'm advertising this role, there's a cost. So, I'm probably doing on LinkedIn or any of the job boards. There's a cost for that. Mm -hmm. So, these are some of the things that you calculate, right? Right then say we're also using an external recruiter you have to pay that money so interview before interview there's like pre skin calls where you call these candidates the funds are also going into the calls it's not free mm-hmm. right um sometimes in the interim contract staff are hired just to cover the seats before this person comes on board mm-hmm. that's also part of the cost of hiring mm-hmm. and then um eventually Paying this new person that comes in if you hire. So a lot just goes into the hiring process. And you can see that it's not just salary that you pay the person. That's the cost. Mm-hmm. Of course, when a new person comes into the role, the times that we're living in now, it's very difficult to even maintain that salary. So somebody was on 700000 naira and left. Mm-hmm. Most times the budget expands. Mm-hmm. And you are sometimes paying, say, 20 to 25% above what you're paying before right so you can also factor that so by the time you calculate from the advertisement to the standard recruitment cost to phone calls to job ads and all that mm-hmm. the entirety of it is
1: the cost of recruitment for hiring
0: mm.
1: but it varies
0: yes it varies so it is depending on what you're doing so for entry level most times you do like job ads and then a lot of people you know apply senior. for the role but from, for senior roles say a CEO of a company or an MD or, you know, C-suite level, <laughs> they won't come to your LinkedIn and, you and yes, you look for them, you go to them, you take them out, some of them, you have meetings for months before this person even agrees to have this conversation of moving. So all the dinners, all the meetings out, right, those are still costs because if you are taking somebody to a restaurant, you have to pay transportation to the place and all that stuff. So everything comes into the cost of hiring.
1: Anyway, I want to be a C-Suit person. I don't want to be a Macaulay <laughs> because well, what is this flex? <laughs> um, you mentioned the other time that some people use, some people just send ads out, but some people use hunters or recruiter. And you, you touched a little bit on the difference. But if you want to say, you want to weigh them, what advantage does one have over the other? And why do people use one? and you don't use that or why do they use sports? okay
0: so for just using job ads what that does is you have the advantage one is that you, you have a pool of candidates right so a lot of people apply even people that don't <laughs> don't have the skill for what you're looking for you know i've seen i've seen illegal role before and somebody was applying for um is he an engineer software engineer something and so people just need an outlet to just sit so you can see my cv so you can mm-hmm. and sometimes we are lucky enough to see oh this is an engineer. Ingen- oh this could fit into a road and walking so that's one of the advantage you have like a pool of candidates mm-hmm. that even beyond that recruitment you can use the resources but the disadvantage to that is that it wastes your time there are a lot of if i post a job at now say if i post a job on my linkedin i'm not joking in less than five minutes i don't get anything less than 50 applications hmm. and um so filtering you know the profiles and all that is a lot of work so it takes time and there's a lot of stress involved in it but on the other side headhunting is more targeted is specific so hmm. I know the industry i'm looking for i know the kind of talent i'm looking for i know the skills i'm looking out for so i'm going straight to the companies i'm looking at the profile of the candidates and it's targeted it's so that's one of the benefits you know what you're looking for um it saves you time to go through a lot of cvs but one of the disadvantages the fact that you don't have options per time. So, as I'm looking at this, I have to finish this conversation, move over to the next. So, I'm not looking at people that I'm starting off conversations around with, you know, and then if this one doesn't work out, I have to go through the process again. And then sometimes, for lack of better word, it backfires. (laughs) Yeah. So, maybe you know the person that this person is working for and they're like, oh, somebody from your friend is trying to poach me and all that. But,
1: you know, it's, they hustle for talent. And <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can imagine what it takes to be a tech recruiter, right? It's trying Six to drag startups. out, coach people rather right from other startups. Yeah. Waving checks in front of them. It's all right, yeah. Yeah. Because some people don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> and they need this talent. Right. Um, so this particular question is, you know, when, when when for, for you now, you are like taking the position of a company to woo a talent, right? What advice do you give companies when they are looking for talent? Because for, for talent that actually know how to do their own service, they search about those companies, they reach out to ex-employees, they reach out to current employees to ask what is going on there. What advice do you give or would you give to companies looking for talent? Okay, so i are wear my hat as the Head of People and Culture for Bankly.
0: Okay. I'd say a lot of work has to go into the culture, right? Mm. In Bankly, for instance, we talk about our culture a lot. We run a culture of excellence and it's not even just a conversation. We have a line that says from the thoughts to the action, everything speaks about excellence. Mm. So what that means is that everybody in Bankley nobody is materially surprised by what we will do. Everybody knows we speak a lot, we talk about who we are, the things that are expected of us. So even when people leave Bankley that's the testament that they have, you know, I oh, know these people they this is what they do and that's what I do as as an employer of Bankley to shape the culture. Right? because people will talk people will ask questions just like you said mm-hmm. and um if you don't have a good culture that's what people are going to say oh no that obviously is very toxic i don't have a talk to- i can stand anywhere to say it and anybody can quote me we don't have a toxic environment Bankley, right um we're very chilled doing the work so <laughs> yeah so work on your culture if you're going to sell if you're going to sell your company to people to so, make them come and work for you you need to work on your culture right mm. it's a very key factor and culture is not just because it's on paper or something that we write culture is the way of like culture is what we allow mm. what you allow in your company it becomes culture right so the hr might be doing something else or whoever might be doing something else. But what are the people allowing? So if we're allowing people to bully people, it becomes our culture. Mm -hmm. If we're allowing people to be happy, it becomes our culture. If we allow people to speak up, it becomes our culture. So what you allow. So Mm -hmm. it has to be very conscious, a conscious effort within the organization to make sure that the culture is right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Yes. So now they say there's cost to hiring. Mm -hmm. Then there's a cost to having some positions empty. How would you explain those, those two terms? So I I
0: think I've already uh, mentioned
1: cost of hire. Then
0: cost of having some seats empty is that you're losing business. People are supposed to be doing certain things. So for everybody that comes into a company, everybody's a component of the success of the business, Mm -hmm. right? That's why those positions are even there in the first place. So if nobody's there, the business is losing something. Mm -hmm. That's why it was created in the first place. So for every day, every single second, that that space is vacant you're losing business, you're losing efficiency because either somebody else is juggling what is empty so that we can fill it up or it's not even being done at all. So there's a strain on whoever is trying to fill the boat roles, right? Mm-hmm. So you're sharing efficiency of a particular position just because nobody is there. So it's costing you time, it's costing you resources. Mm-hmm. Or if nobody is even feeling it at all, you're losing the components that are supposed to bring about the general success of the business.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's that's key. That's key. So you can't say ah, because of the cost of hiring, I'm not going to fill this position. Mm-hmm. You just have to weigh the cost and know what you are going with. So we're moving towards the end of this conversation. got like something comes to mind that some talent actually inform you. Well, mm-hmm. based on what is on your contract, they give you notice period. Notice, notice period some one month, some two weeks before you leave. Do you feel these contracts actually address what it takes to hand over? Because when you are looking for somebody to fill the particular position that is high up there, would one month be enough for for them so to hand So depending on the on contract,
0: a lot of C-suite roles and certain roles have like two months. There are two months notice periods, there are three months notice periods, mm. right? Because just the time, for example, a like C-suite needs about two months, three months to hand over completely. So... Giving me a one month won't cut it. Hmm. Yes. And then some people also have arrangements. If it's because the terms around notice period is if you don't give me the time, you pay me in lieu. So what some companies mean? might pay you the salary, three months of the staff they are taking over. Hmm. So sometimes it's not even about the money. It's about the amount of work that needs to. So most times there's an arrangement between the staff that is living with the company. And says, okay. Even though you've moved. Would we'll like it to be, you know, involved at a certain level of time mm-hmm. so that you can help whoever is coming into transition. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a conversation that happens most times. Yes. So even though some people just up and leave without telling you anything, they collect that Musala, and that's when they leave. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a lot it's a lot in, in recruitment, but you just have to prepare yourself. People will leave, like i dolly say. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you should just leave us with this particular question, just tell employees, how do they get the right candidate? Employers, how, employers to, get, how to get the
0: right candidate. Mm-hmm. So advice to employers in trying to find the right talent. So I would say the suitable talent because right is relative. But I would always say something. It's a, it's a mix of culture fit and skill for me if you're not a culture fit I will not hire you I don't care how skilled you are mm-hmm. because so I'll give an instance I had a staff one time that got into a space where there was so much music like that's the, that's the way the office vibes there's music like people are still on the phones making calls And then this guy comes, he's coming from a place where everywhere is always quiet, on suits and all that, sitting in front of his desk. But this is an environment where people are from, people are lively and the guy struggled for months, Mm. you know. So the thing is, so you might have that guy skilled, very skilled, but would you change the entire company because of that one person? He will not function at his best because that's not, so this is just like a minimal example. That's not the case in every place, but culture fits, you know, um, it's very key and find So you see people that are very skilled, but they are toxic. They don't talk to people. They insult people. They talk down on people. I don't care how skilled that you are. You will not be in my space. You will not be right. Mm-hmm. So in trying to find a suitable talent. Also check out, I do a personality test when I hire people, okay. right? Because you're going to be working with somebody else. You're going to work in this space. So when i have your personality assessment i know how we can we can handle you in the office i have someone i I had the staff too you don't touch her Hmm. you know how people come and shake you you don't once you do it you piss her off Hmm. right but that personality assessment helped us understand who she was and the kind of things that she liked to do so it's a combination of culture faith and skill
1: yes that's what chibuzo is leaving us with today oh, not me i'm not an employer if you're an employer you need to hire talent look for them based on two factors culture fit and skills and that is the end of today's episode of tech point africa podcast i'm sure that you've learned one thing or the other from what shibuza has told us today don't forget to like subscribe and click on the notification bell so that you can get notified every time a new episode goes out thank you very much Chibuzo, for joining us in the studio today we hope to see more of you and bye everyone